You're listening to the Known Legacy Podcast, brought to you by Known Legacy Ministries. For more info, go to www.knownlegacy.org or look for us on social media under Known Legacy. Now here's your hosts, Bill and Travis. So have you seen the memes lately? Like I have. The inner, the inner, it's almost a, like we as a culture are just like, there's too much intense stuff, so we're going to dive into these stupid memes. I, th- I think people are just like exhausted from all the political <laughs> garbage that's going on and yeah. you know the fact that Epstein apparently didn't kill himself. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Wait, hang on a second. <laughs> Was that one? anywhere? Did you see that somewhere? <laughs> Swear to God. There's one. Um, they're so obnoxious now. Like I, I saw the one guy deep sea fishing, and he pulls in this fish, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, there's something in the mouth!" And he pulls it out, and it's a piece of paper that says Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> and I'm like, "This is this is obviously jump the shark, but keep them coming because they're brilliant. They're, they're funny. absolutely so funny." Um, have you seen the cat memes? I have with that crazy the woman lady, screaming. Where did that lady come from? What is that from? <laughs> it's got to be from some she's movie. like yelling, and they're <laughs> so funny. And the cat looks like the baby Yoda from yes. the new um, Disney Plus oh, thing, whatever. And uh, I just when they first came out, I'm like, I don't know if I get them. And now I, I'm like, every time I see one come up, I'm like, this is brilliant, this absolutely so brilliant, so funny. What's a, what's one of your favorites? Oh uh, well, at this point, my favorite one for for the whole Epstein one was there was this there's a bunch of m- videos like movies, yes, in like order and it said, "Do you see the common similarity?" And, and, and before I even looked at the movies, I was like this is an Epstein meme, like I knew it. So I was like, eh, and so it was so funny, but just it's so people are so clever on there. But then at the same time, people are so exhausting. We were, I was talking about it uh, to my wife this morning about like. Man, we spent so many hours online just stupid. staring at stupid stuff. Stupid and so amount trying of time. To, to fight for that. But but um we were talking earlier and I love what you you shared. You saw that one picture of that amazing family that looks like they were all <laughs> oh, God. they like yeah. walked out of a magazine. So and it actually it was like, you know, fifteen rules of a dad or whatever. So I'm a I'm a sucker for dad stuff. So I'm like Absolutely. And of course I scroll down to the very last one because I'm like, surely it's going to say an Epstein didn't kill himself. Like I have been programmed now, like a good lab rat, to, you know, oh, the pellet. It's a meme. Epstein must not killed himself, right? Yes, yes, yes. And it has nothing to do with Epstein. Um, and uh, it, it was just, uh, and the picture at the end of this is this, you know, this very rustic dad in this elegant black tuxedo looking yeah. forward, you know, and these kids all look perfect. It's like this amazingly staged photo. And... Uh, Immediately, I'm like going, yeah, if that was my family, there'd be like a drumstick hanging out somewhere and some donuts floating around and dirty laundry that still needs to be. And by God, pick up your socks, people. Can you just pick up your socks? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There would be nothing. So I'm looking at this picture. I'm actually looking at the picture now and I'm like, I wish I had the dude's beard. But then also, like, if I had that beard, there would be donuts in there. <laughs> There'd be like Chick fil A nuggets in there. Like, this thing's, it's like a massive beard here. This you call it a beard? I call it dinner for later. Dinner for later. <laughs> saving that for later on. But, but yeah, he, he, some of these things I love, I love what he put down. He wrote um, about these. And, and I, I think the value of this is even at Known Legacy, what our goal is, is to walk with dads, is to show them that they've got something to offer. And I love that this guy was like, I don't care. I'm just going to say this stuff. And so, um, you know, but a lot of the, a lot of these have very deep biblical truth in them too, you know, cause all truth is God's truth. Right. And so all wisdom is God's wisdom. Other people borrow it and they use it and they, some even, even manipulate it. But 
all truth comes from 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 God and His Word. Right. So I love these things. But you, any any of them jump out to you that you love? Well, you know, um, there's 15 of them there, and uh, and I'll couch it with this. As I started reading, the first few were like, "Oh, okay, that's cool," and then I got down to like six, seven, eight, nine. I'm like, "God, I suck as a dad." And by the time I was done, I was like, "I'm tapping out. I'm done. There's no way I'm going to make any of this happen." Yeah. Like I get it. Like in theory, woo, I'm all in. But in reality, I'm like. <laughs> It's a, it, it's a lot to go out there and, and do that. And I'm not ripping it apart because I think it's awesome. It is awesome. It's got how many likes right now, which is important because likes are important in your life. Right, absolutely. But it's got almost 62,000 likes. Yeah, and so 52,000 are ro- uh, Russian bots. Just Russian so you bots, know. just right. to collect that. But And 138,000 shares. So people obviously are connecting with this is why I'm saying it. It's not so much the idea of like... Of, of the value because of the likes, but people are obviously seeing it, connecting it. So some of you might have might have seen this too, but uh, but I mean, I, some of these jumped out, and I loved I loved even the first one. I know that we, we kind of jumped through, but it just said never lie to them, and and I, and there's there's an honesty through a bunch of these. Never lie to them, and then there was another one that that kind of connected with them. Uh, it was uh, oh, where is it? Give them all of you. Let them see you cry. Let them see you rage. Never hide your feelings or emotions from them. And so many times, even in the church, there's this feeling of like people saying, well, you need to be, you know, you're, you're a godly example. Right. And, and I think they've taken godly as the idea of like, oh, well, I need to be perfect example. Right. And, and, and it's an honest. Uh, it's exactly. It's, it's an honest example of going, just be you. You know, holidays are coming around the corner. And oh, dude, that's why I'm exhausted. I think like, so. I'm just coming in like, like I am in a turkey coma. The week before Thanksgiving, right now, you have your. It's like a pre-tryptophan. <laughs> yes, yes. Coma. I'm just like I'm just like put my head down, make it through the day. Let's get some snap nap time and. Oh man. You know. Yeah. I, and, and you know and, and part of it's like I have high hopes for like okay this Thanksgiving I'm gonna eat well and this week I'm like I'm gonna have three more cookies. Yeah. They're it's sitting there. Bad. We've been trying to eat good too, <laughs> and then someone's like, hey, we brought you pumpkin pie, and I'm like, I, well, I'm not gonna just throw it out. I'm gonna have to eat that now. Right. Right. Someone was generous with me, had hospitality towards exactly. me. Exactly. I don't want to insult them. I don't want to deny the spirit of God working <laughs> in your life to bring and, me pie. And that pumpkin pie. I love pumpkin pie. Oh, it's so good. I love it. I could I could eat it in June. I know you're not supposed to, but I could eat it like in June, July. Yeah. Any month that that's a is whole other podcast. Sometime we we have a neighbor who's uh, <laughs> who's from Puerto Rico, and she's like, "Why do you only make pasta salad in the summertime?" And not really, because you wouldn't be like, you wouldn't go to a Christmas party like, hey, I made macaroni salad. <laughs> right. Why you could? I know, you could, but, it's but they'd weird. be like, okay, you can put that on the table outside. Yeah, but why? Don't let the birds eat it. Exactly. Hey, I, br- I brought sliced watermelon <laughs> to the Christmas party. <laughs> like, you're like, what's wrong with you? And corn on the cob. Why do we not eat them all year round? <laughs> That's true. That's true. If it's good enough for Thanksgiving, it should be good enough to eat all year e- round. Exactly. So, so as I'm trying, sorry, that was a whole other podcast that we kind of, but, but as, <laughs> as we're looking at this. But that's called the Fat Man Podcast. Fat Man Podcast. <laughs> but there's this feeling of, of um, the, all this pressure to, to, to put on a good front, to eat, eat healthy. I've never seen more, more Peloton commercials in my entire oh. life. Okay. Have you seen that new one with the, uh, the mirror? That's on your your, you haven't seen it. No, no, no. It is the creepiest, like dystopian type thing in the world. So, you know the Peloton, and yeah. the whole thing is you can sign up for classes, and the screen in front of you like plays a class, and you yeah, bike yeah, along, yeah. blah blah blah. I'm I'm I have not experienced this surprising as it may be. I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna drink my coffee right now. 
But no, they, they have a new one now that uh, it's a huge mirror, like two foot by four foot mirror that you hang on, but it's actually like a TV, mm. right? And it has a camera. So they can see you working out, I think. Oh, that's weird. And, and so you're working out with them. And so it's not just on a bicycle. It's like the full, like, no, it's time for burpees. Do burpees. You know, oh, no, it's time for this plank and do this plank. And you got this, you know. And it's it's the whole Peloton thing now on a mirror that's like, it's just creepy, man. It is so, <sighs> so creepy. So, so all this pressure up to be perfect. That's, I guess, all this pressure up to be perfect. And and what our what our kids are craving is honesty. Again, we've talked about this before, but the idea that it's okay for us to mess up. It's okay for us to be to to show our true selves to our children because because right. they already know that we don't know what we're doing when we're trying to. Does that make sense? Right. Like, like and I'm not I'm not being disrespectful to us as parents, <laughs> but I'm saying like they already know that we're kind of making this up as we go. Well, <laughs> yes, my oldest reminds me that often. <laughs> she goes, "I'm just your test pilot, aren't I?" I was Correct. like, "Yeah, yeah, you are," and it sucks to be you. So hopefully you don't go down in flames. That's all we're saying. That's all we're hoping to, for. No, but I, I do think like okay, going back to the first one that he has on this list, never lie to them. They are smart as hell and need truth more than protection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so the don't lie to them you could you could absolutely like end the conversation there don't lie to your kids but i think the most important thing on that whole statement is we have fallen into a trap in our culture that our kids are to be protected Mm. we have to protect them at all costs that's why we don't let kids go out without a group of five kids that's why we're not checking i mean we're always checking the location on our smartphones like where is that are they actually where they're supposed to be and we're terrified of of letting them um, go out there and be hurt, letting them go out there and explore, letting them go out there and get into trouble. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and what he's saying is like, no, 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 no. They don't need protection. Yeah. Like they don't, they need to be prepared for the world. And part of that preparing is to realize that all adults struggle. All yeah. adults yeah. don't know. And so if we throw out this pretend Disney type experience of like, ah, oh, everything's going to end wonderful when you find your Prince Charming. Yeah. That's my uh, Kermit the Frog voice, It was almost, it was very Kermity. Kermity? Yeah, hey it was ho. good. It was good. I like it. I'll take too, it. Yeah, it's not, it's not swampy enough. I need more swamp in that. But, but, but I, I, go for it. No, 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 it. no, no, no. But so, you know, part of that shifting from protecting them to, to, to telling them the truth on things like my son has gotten into a really good habit of every day he asks me how was your day and you know most often when people ask that you what's your answer good fine okay. fine fine yeah. it's good and so finally I've, I've gotten to the point where like no no, no, no. he asked i'm gonna really tell him how my day was my day kind of sucked today yeah things didn't go as well i wasn't productive as i thought i'd be and i still have a list of things that i need to do and quite frankly um, I would rather be doing work right now than having dinner, but I know I need to have dinner. So, um, here we are. Yay. So what you're trying to say is success is honesty. Yes. Successful parenting is honest. Honest. I think that's, that, that's a huge thing. I was just driving in today as we're doing this podcast and I heard it, heard a radio, uh, program talk about the, the speed of internet and like, if you're not going fast, you're not being successful. It's what they said. And I was like, wait a minute, time out. So going against the cultural grain that success is busy is exactly what we're trying to fight against. Honesty takes time. Honesty takes a conversation. It isn't just, well, I messed up. It, it's sitting down and having and that conversation messy. with your kids. Yes. It's messy. Yes. And, and, and you know, it, it's, we fight so hard to keep a clean house. And unfortunately, we fight way too hard to keep a clean life instead of being honest and saying, no, you know, yeah. um, it's messy. It's yeah. slow. It's, yeah. 
So put down the guard. Maybe this this holiday and have a real conversation about where you are as a dad, as a mom, how you're feeling. You know, I mean, if you've lost a parent and you're and you're you're sad, don't hide that from your from your kids. If you've if you've lost something, you know, sometimes the holidays are a terrible time for people. It could be the worst the worst two months of their life because they've just lost people. But you know what? The the worst thing that we can do is ball ourselves up and create a culture that says, I can't talk about these things. Right. Because if they're not going to talk about it in the safest place possible with people who are for them, the mom, the dad, the grandparents that are for you, then where else can they talk about it? Because no one else is going to care about you like, like, like they do. Right. So um, interesting practical applica- application to this. So um, my kids were young when uh, their grandma passed away. Not their grandma, their great-grandma passed away. I'm sorry. Grandmas are still around. Love you guys if you listen. Um, <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Didn't want to let the cat out of the bag. Oh, gosh. No, but, but they were, and so they had a lot of cousins that were the same age. And the, the question amongst all of the cousins and the, the great-grandkids was, do we allow our kids to go to the funeral, right? Yeah. Because we want to protect them from seeing great-grandma there in a state, lying and not moving and cold, yeah. right? Yeah. And there was a big push amongst some of the, 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 the uh, grandkids of like, no, no, don't, don't, it's too much. They can't handle it. That's too much. And I kind of came in and, and wasn't invited to Thanksgiving that year, but I was like, no, we, like death is a part of life. Like we can't protect our kids from death and suffering. What we can do is prepare them to realize, hey, this is a reality. We still love great grandma. Yeah. She still lives within us and, and like her legacy is still being poured out through us and, and what we do. But the reality is you may be five. Death is a part of this. Yeah. And, and you'll experience it probably first and most traumatic through the death of a pet, which is Correct. real. Yeah. And it's going to leave scars and it's yeah, going to yeah, hurt. Yeah. But I can't hide it from you. And so, you know, internally, I, I kind of made a, a, a internal pledge to myself that when it's time for our dog to go to doggy heaven, to die, to be put down. Yeah. Whatever. And that day may be closer than I even want to admit because I'm sure it's going to be a hard day. Yeah. I'm not going to use the phrase, well... We just took him to the farm where he could run and, and chase the little bunnies and, yeah. and you know, no, like, and, and maybe I'm wrong yeah. on this one. No, maybe, uh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm out in left field because maybe, maybe you don't want to do that to a child. But I think back to cultures that until recently in the 1960s or 50s or 40s, you know, if you had any kind of agricultural experience within your family, you knew the cycle of life because you were experiencing it all the time. The cow wasn't something that you bought wrapped in cellophane on a on a styrofoam platter. It was literally the cow that you've spent six years raising, milking, that yeah. you named. Correct. And now dad went out with a shotgun. Maybe not a shotgun. I don't know. Can you kill a cow with a shotgun? I don't know. You I might be know. able to. But I, yeah. I, I don't know if you want to. You know what? We'll we'll defer to the farmers and see what the farmers have to say because yeah. I'm sure they'll ping us and tell us. Let oh, us know. We don't even do that anymore. We take it. To it. But anyways, but but that whole idea of there there is um, hurt, there's sorrow. I can't protect you from that. So earlier in life, the, the sooner that we can process through this together, prepares you for the hard times, the suffering, and, yes. and, and and when you have to say goodbye and the goodbye is final. You know, Ecclesiastes talks about there's a season for everything, and I believe that's on purpose that he made sure. A season to die, a season, you know, you know, a season to, a season for war, a season for, a season to dance, season to dance. Sorry, Baptist people. Hey, you know, but, <laughs> but there's the, so, so the fact that there's seasons and here's the thing, 
where else are they going to be able to process this in the safest environment? Mm-hmm. So, so, so I, I know what you're saying. In fact, I mean, let's think about old, old Yeller. Like mm. everybody who was under, I don't know, my age saw old Yeller. You know what I'm saying? Right. Saw this story of, of this, this dog who ended up having to get put down. So it wasn't even like he just died. Like the kids know knew where he was going. Like they were gonna kill him. And so and so so I guess I say that and I, we're not trying to to, to beat it to no, beat a no, drum. No, no, no. But but we have it in our culture too. Like there's huge cultural shifts. Like you go back to the old school Disney movies, they are marked with like intense tragedy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And let's be honest, if you're a Star Wars fan at all, what's one of the biggest things that has just irked us? from the very beginning is when when Lucasfilm re-released the first three movies yeah. and you see Han Solo and it's clear in the very first Star Wars he shot first. Han Solo, the hero, the guy who becomes the hero of the okay. story, who comes in and rescues at the last minute, foregoes his own personal gain for the sake of his friends. In the bar scene, the cantina, what does he do? He shoots first. The wow, re-release has the, the, the bad guy... The bounty hunter shoot at Han Solo first, and then Han Solo reply, uh, re- returns fire, right? That little shift is one of those things, again, that takes away... I, I never think noticed po- that. Yeah, it takes wow. away the power of this the Star Wars story of like going, you know, even if you're the guy that shoots first, there is opportunity for redemption. There's yeah, opportunity yeah, for... Yeah. And, and we've robbed our kids from that kind of honest yeah. conversation, yeah. you know? So I, th- I think being honest is an important thing about them, having the conversations, because it leads to something else that I love on here where he says, um, what does he say? He says, um, talks about hug and kiss them frequently. You know, I, I, that, that is something that's missing. So in the midst of these crisis moments is a great time to, to allow that to happen. But then also whenever, like to not be afraid to, to stop and engage your kids, keep that culture going all throughout their life, to not, to not be afraid to press in on that. And so, so we're, we're communal creatures that deeply desire physical touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, they, uh, during the uh, uh, 60s, 70s, and 80s um, in Russia and the, the Balkan states, um, there were a lot of orphans. Okay. okay. And uh, it was such an issue that they would put, you know, hundreds of orphans in these large rooms and they would have one or two nurses yeah. that just had enough time to give them, change their diapers and feed them. That was it. There was no interaction. There was no connection. There was no touching that was taking place. Yeah. And they, 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 what they noticed is that these kids, as they were growing, they would start to... Um, and I forget the term for it, but basically what they would do is these kids would, would curl up in a ball and just rock back and forth in their in their cradles, yeah. in, in their cribs. Yep. Just ro- because they were so starved for physical touch, and that's the very thing that was being kept from them, and how it like absolutely affected their development over time. And it, it actually um, uh, it, it slowed their development. So where they were mm. age-wise, five, six, seven, developmentally, they were still one, two, and three. Because they weren't experiencing that touch, and you see that also when your when your kids are starting to go through puberty, when that's a very awkward time yeah. for them. A lot of dads struggle, particularly with young daughters, of like, uh, uh, do I still hug them? Can I still hug them? What does what does appropriate affection look yeah, like? Yeah, yeah. Right, and that's a key: appropriate affection. And and what study after study after study says, dads, if you are not hugging your daughters putting your arm on their shoulders, giving them a kiss on their forehead, giving them appropriate, healthy affection, they will look for that in other places. So let it and be it's going to be that douchebag kid, John, 
who is a slick talker in eighth, ninth, tenth grade mm. and will manipulate. And so you as a dad have a responsibility to continually invest in the healthy physical touch with your kids so that they know what is healthy physical touch because if they yeah. know what it is then when they're experiencing something that's not that they will have a better understanding of like whoa, 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 whoa. this is out of bounds yeah. this shouldn't be happening yeah and so they have the internal compass at that point to make the decisions that we desperately want them to be making yes 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 and so i think it's it, it is important it's important for us to be to to be physical with them to have those conversations the biggest reason and, and why. to wrestle with them yeah and to play with them like like that was you know, again, it's hidden within that, but um, I haven't wrestled with my boys in forever because they're not small anymore. And when they Dave wrestle, could they take hurt. Me right now, yeah, yeah it hurts. Um, but wrestling and, yeah. and physically, you know, yeah. doing that stuff is so essential. You know, yeah, absolutely. The, the, the whole idea that they're craving our our time at this moment, and so you know, he says he talks about build build relationships, build relationships w- with them. And we've talked about this before. We get about 3,000 hours a year with our kids. We'll keep beating this drum as much as we can. We get about 3,000 hours a year with our kids, not including school and sleep. And when they're home and they're not present on their, you know, they're not present with us because they're on their phones. They're, they're watching YouTube videos, how to make slime or whatever crazy stuff they're watching. <laughs> um, we're losing more of that time. So, right. so it's more important for us to show them the value of what we have to offer. Uh, through hugs, through through being intentional, through dating our kids, through through having the healthy relationship, so that when there's a moment of discipline, there is a lifetime of relationship that's behind that. That is, I know that this guy's for me. This dad is for me, because it wasn't just he came in as some mighty man, sw- you know, swinging a baseball bat, ready to just discipline me. But he's for me. He stopped. He listened to my. He listened to where I was at. He listened to my concerns. He hugged me. He he read to me. He prayed with me. Right. All those kind of things right. are so important in right. building this relationship, so that we can discipline effectively. So an, another one that he has on this list that I thought was brilliant is let them get hurt. Yeah, which again flies in the face of the overprotective parents that, as a culture, we all are. We yeah. all are. Yeah. Right. And it's this idea of let them get hurt. He continues. He goes, pain is an invaluable teacher. Absolutely. It it helps them establish what the boundaries are for their life. Right. I remember I talked one time about uh, when I when I touched the soldering iron. (laughs) I only touched the soldering iron once Once. in my life. Yep. The hot stove man with with that grease. Even even this morning I was cooking some bacon and uh, and I forgot to put the I forgot to put the little grease guard on top of there. And uh and I realized very, very quickly, go get the grease guard because it didn't take long for that pain to tell me you can't, you shouldn't be doing this. Right. This is bad. So it, pain is a good teacher. It yeah, allows it to hilarious moment. So my son, my youngest, loves bacon, and so summertime he'll wake up, doesn't put a shirt on all day, whatever, and he wanted to help me cook bacon without a shirt on. <laughs> that lasted about thirty seconds. Yeah, he's like, this hurts. I was like, I know, go put a shirt on. And, uh, it's funny. Anytime there's bacon now in the kitchen, he'll go back to the bedroom, put a shirt on, and come back. It's in. amazing. You don't need the, but but that's it. We try to insulate them from all pain, and then there, there's going to come a time in their life if we keep insulating them that they're not going to be able to right. have this cushion of people who love them and are for them, who will help them put on the put on the the cream to stop the burn. You know, right. Later on, whatever it is, and and the ramifications are going to be so much greater if we don't teach them to be in pain now. So part so. of it is we as parents. Again, it's so hard, but it's so essential and I think dads we have a very special role on this is to um, we can become obsessed with the moment and forget the horizon and the horizon yeah, is yeah. like 
Um, and this is, again, a phrase that I've used with my 12-year-old, about to be 13-year-old, um, quite a bit lately, is like, that doesn't serve you well in life, right? Yeah. And so he, he, he's gotten into a real bad habit of being a complainer. He complains about everything. Like, you know, hey, can you, can you get me, um, it just doesn't matter. School, he complains yeah, about yeah. It, everything. And so finally I paused and I stopped and I was like, dude, you complain about everything. And I promise you, that doesn't serve you well in life. Figure it out. Yeah. Now, has he gotten better? Mm, not really. No, exactly. But at least he's noticing it now because uh, it's taking the eyes off of the moment of like, you're annoying me, kid, so I'm going to yell at you. And yeah. saying, okay, you're annoying me. But more importantly, if you continue to be a complainer in your life, you will have a very miserable life because no one will want to be around you. Yeah, so teach them what joy looks like. Right. Right, which I do also think as you know, as we as we're wrapping this up to think about the idea that that one thing that he didn't have on the list was was leading them spiritually. Yes. So I so if we can if we can take time for us to remember that and they are watching everything that we do. I pray that we as dads are soaking up the word in any form that we can on our YouVersion app as we are taking them to school and we're listening to the Bible online, or if we're having conversations with them, if we're spending time, you know, reading a devotional, but doing something and do it in front of them. Like, let them see it. Let them see them walk, you know, wake up in the morning and watch you in the word. Right. So that we challenge them to realize that this starts now for you. Right. And I think that that's an important thing for dads because, because again, this, this, this list is awesome, but if we're not, leaning everything on the hope of what Jesus says in the scriptures of what of, of what God has given to us as truth we're we're hurting them in the long run right by not saying okay when you're hurt what does God say about this when you have an issue what is God saying about this hey when I'm having a bad day do they see me running to the truth of who God is and saying you know even though it doesn't feel like things are good I have a God who's for me that right. speaks volumes more than anything else that we can right. do as we parent them so um one of the, you know, as a pastor, I, I have flexibility during my week that a lot of men don't. And, yeah. and um, I don't use it as well as I should. Because we work one day a week. Right, right. You know. Of course. How it works. Um, but um, a, a good friend of mine, he puts on a, a spiritual prayer and solitude retreat twice a month or twice a, twice a year. And he's been inviting me for three years now. And finally, this past last week, I, I finally went. I was like, fine. I'll just go. I'll just go. And yeah. I'm thinking, okay, you know, when they, they release me to be quiet in solitude, I'll get my computer out and I'll do some work, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, as I'm getting there, I'm realizing, now I just got to be alone. I got to spend some time just with my thoughts and stuff like that. So for 24 hours, on and off, you'd have these moments where you'd reflect what, what, what you've been thinking or you'd learn a new technique or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I, I, when we were wrapping it up, I was just, I was absolutely convicted that not only do I need this in my life, but I got to model this for my kids. So yeah. we got home and I said, okay, Monday after dinner, Monday's our sacred night. We don't have anything on Monday nights. Monday after dinner, we're going to have 15 minutes is what we start out. I wanted 30. I went with 15 um, in, the, in the heat of the moment, but I think we could have done 30. I was like, and I'm not going to lead you in something. Here's the parameters. We as a family, after dinner, we're going to turn everything off except for music playing through the TV. And it was Christmas music. Um, and uh, all we're going to do is, I, I need you to, here's your two options. Journal what's going on in your head, just write it, or two, read a spiritually focused book. I don't care what the book is, it could be your Bible, it could be um, your catechism, it could be um, a, a, you know, a book, a spiritual book by Max Licato or something, it doesn't matter, just read something. And uh, I was shocked at how 
they were excited about this. Yeah. I thought there'd be a lot of pushback and I'd have to convince them. And there was none of it. And for a half hour, we all sat in there. 15 minutes, it actually stretched to 20, 25. Mm. Um, we sat in the same room, all of us together. And and one of my daughters, she just journaled for, for that time. One That's of my awesome. daughters read. One of my son, my youngest son, he picked up the book Whisper, which I'm like, ah, it's a pretty intense book. And afterwards, he read like a chapter, chapter and a half. And nice. he's a quick reader. And he's like, Dad, this book's amazing. Like like this and that. And he's talking about all these other things and science of noise. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like going... All right, maybe I should let you stretch a little bit with your theological reading more so than than I thought at ten years old, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it was just this again, modeling it for them, but creating space for them to pursue God, mm. you know, in their own way. That's like awesome. a lot of times we structure that Bible study time, or I always felt like I had to structure that Bible study time. And what I realized from this one was like, no, they just need to spend time alone with God, like yeah. all of us do. And so they were like, okay, when are we doing this again? I was like. Um, we'll figure it out. Let's do this once a week. And yeah. they're like, once? I was like, well, we're a pretty busy family. If we can get once in, we're but doing just can, fine. But, e- but even that, even taking the time, you know, I was reading through Ephesians uh, 5, and it talks about that the, the husband is the head, of, the, head of the, the head of the house, basically the head of his, the husband is the head of the wife, even if Christ is the head of the church. His body and his help is himself, Savior, and now as the church submits to Christ, so also the wives should submit everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives. As Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And that way, the, the idea of this is that the husband is the head. And so we need to take the time as the men of God that we are to, to just say, hey, you know what? We're going to take 15 minutes tonight. We're going to shut everything off. We're going to read. Is it going to be a fight? Oh, yeah. It could be. Is, is everyone going to argue? Prob- maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Does that mean that it's a failure? No. I think for us to stop and go, we need to set something in the ground and say, guys, because our family is valuable, because what we're pouring into them is valuable, we need to take time to stop so that we can start changing the course of where our kids are. And it's not a, you know, it's like I had one friend who literally one day was, what, they were eating meat and Taco Bell and everything, and then they went to be vegans. And it lasted about a day and a half, and then they went out to Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And I'm going, so it's not just turning the knob on everything immediately. It's right. going, okay, how do we find ways to step in this? Because as you know, as I was reading uh, in Psalm, in Psalm, Psalm 78, verse 4, it says, We will not hide, from, hide them from their children, but tell the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders he has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children that the next generation might know them the children yet unborn and arise and tell them to their children so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. And that is what we're trying to do is help them understand that there's a God who is greater than their father will ever be, who is for them and is listening. And we need to set that tone because that's the example of us leading our family. And that's, we have to be, and all everything else falls into these 15 things that this guy's talking about. So put your, put your eyes on the horizon. Imagine the life that your kids are going to be leading when they're 20, 25, 26, 28, 29. And, and that was the motivation for me of like, if my life is busy and it's busier than my parents' life was, I guarantee their life is going to be even busier. And so if from the very yeah. beginning, they at least know the tool. Whether they choose to use it or not, it doesn't matter. But if they know how to use the tool, when life is crazy, when life is overwhelming, if they have at least sometime in their life experienced moments of just quiet and solitude where they have their thoughts and they have a spiritual book to read, they may rely on that at some point in the future and give them hope when it was a hopeless situation. Yeah. You know, And that's what we're talking about. Absolutely. So be a tool. Be an I am. 
My wife reminds me often, I am a large tool. Tool. Be a tool to show them Jesus. So we believe in you guys. Uh, hey, um, it, speaking of tools. Go for it. Um, if you're still listening, thank you. Um, we are dropping, uh, in the next few weeks, we're dropping a, uh, uh, a Advent Christmas tool. Christmas should be out by guys. the time. Yeah, it should be out. Right. But if not, keep looking. Go to the website. Go to our Facebook page. Download it. Use it for your kids. It's a little tool that you can use to maybe start to incorporate something into your life, into the rhythm of your family that you want, but you don't know how to get there. This is a tool that you can use to make that happen. And so knownlegacy.org, uh, go there, uh, download it, and use it and see what God does with it. You know, we're also going to be starting uh, at least a quarterly mailer just so that, you know, just something online uh, to encourage you. So if you want to be a part of that, send us an email with your email to info at knownlegacy.org. Check us out on social medias uh, under Known, Known Legacy. We'd love to stay connected with you guys. Thanks for listening. Hope you guys have a great holiday season. And if you, like this gentleman, have a list of five to 10 or 20 things that you think are important as a dad, throw it out there on social media. Who knows yeah. what might happen? Absolutely. All right. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to By Dads for Dads on the Known Legacy podcast. Look for us on social media under Known Legacy or go to www.knownlegacy.org to stay connected. For booking or questions, email us at info at knownlegacy.org.